This is a Rooster Teeth production. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Annual Pass. This is the podcast where we talk about all things theme parks, attractions, shows, races, other podcasts and all kinds of stuff. I am your host, Jack Patillo. And of course, joining me as always is my beautiful, lovely and talented co-host, Jeff Ramsey. Hi, Jeffrey. Hi, Jackery. How are you? I'm doing quite well. Things are things are good. I'm excited for today's episode. We've got an interview episode, Jeff, and I love doing these episodes. And we've got someone on today that I'm a big fan of. Uh, we've got Alicia Stella from Theme Park Stop is going to be talking with us today. Yeah, I'm excited, too, because uh, without fail, every interview we've done, I've ended up liking the person we interview more than I like you. So I feel like it's really (laughs) opened up my friendship possibilities. Nice. Now I'm, I'm glad I can slowly be. I can just open up your friend. Another another rung down the ladder each each interview (laughs) we do. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for watching us here on Annual Pass. You can check us out at YouTube.com slash Annual Pass. Follow us on all the socials. We're Annual underscore Pass on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, We've got some merchandise in the store. We just had some brand new merchandise hit the store, including I'm rocking my new shirt right now. We've got this one in this kind of beige-ish color. We also have it in black, and we've got another uh, another Annual Pass shirt that's like kind of Epcot themed. And Jeff, we also, we've got got a theme park, or we got our Annual Pass pin starter kit now. You which includes four pins and the lanyard. You say it's it's Epcot themed, but I think we determined last episode that it's actually Phantasm themed. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's absolutely it's the the old seventies movie. But yeah. dude, I lo- I love these pins. Uh, you should check them out at store.roosterteeth.com. We have the the pin starter kit. It's got the annual pass, like the logo, and it's got your your eyes like our faces done by Gail Fox. And, uh, and you get the lanyard as well with it. And this is something that I would like to keep expanding on, like every quarter, mm-hmm. like a, a new pin drop so you can get them all and we can have some really cool ones. And then, you know, the, the the lanyards, they come with like, they have the little like clip on the end, you know, they can add like a either like a pocket or something. And now the theme parks they actually do like large pins that you put at the end of your lanyard. And I think maybe we'll do like an exclusive one at some point. Like that could be a lot of fun. You know why so, I like the, um, why I like the pins, Jack? Why is that? Uh, because unfortunately, uh, thanks to technology not being where we needed to be, you and I are mortal. Uh, <laughs> someday, uh, death will take us. But the uh, the pins they will live on forever. <laughs> like that's the pin. We've been making video content on the internet for about fifteen years now, and you're like, I'm but these metal pins. You and I are never. Those pins are never going to age. Will always be that. Will always look like that on those pins. Uh, just, yeah, don't go back, watch early Achievement Hunter stuff. It makes me sad to see how much I've, I've grown, but, uh, yeah, you can check that out at store.roosterteeth.com, grab some shirts, and that's the best way to support our show. You guys have always been great, and I'm very excited to get some more, uh, more shirts out there. And don't forget, if you spot someone in the wild at a theme park wearing annual pass merchandise, give each other a crisp high five. Let's do it right here. And then take, yeah, you ready? Three, yeah. two, one, boosh. Uh, there you uh, go. Get perfect. closer to the perfect. edge, dude. Yeah, sorry, sorry. We're oh, next to each like, other in the in Discord. Uh, okay, I'm hey, like, here you uh, go. Uh, there we go. Boom. Yeah. Nailed it. Uh. Good. <laughs> oh man, but uh, yeah, it's it's pretty awesome, and uh, and it, may, it makes me happy seeing people wear the stuff. Uh, Jeff, I have one piece of news before we get into our episode today, okay. which I, I'm excited for. So uh, again, we're recording this a little bit close to release, so I feel like I can you know talk about a bit of news that is not two months outdated. Um, this came out yesterday. This is from Fox 17 in Nashville. Dollywood on Tuesday announced they'll start paying a hundred percent of tuition for employees who wish to further their education. This includes the cost of fees and textbooks. The education benefit package is available to all team members on the first day of their employment. The company says it's a way for employees at all levels to pursue their personal and professional dreams piloted by Dolly Parton's operating partner, Hershend Enterprises. The program from Grow You will mark a significant investment for workers. President of Dollywood company Eugene Naughton says it's an opportunity for employees to grow Dolly I, uh, Parton, saving America well, yeah I was I was about to say uh and not as a joke at all but Dolly Parton continues <laughs> to be maybe the greatest living American and definitely an example of the best of us absolutely absolutely so so Dolly Parton has Dollywood which is a theme park uh I don't know if it's themed around her but it's it's somewhere in the in the where is I don't know where it is somewhere it's, uh, outside uh, of Nashville or Tennessee or Memphis I'm not sure but I think it's or Knoxville it's one of those well, two, this is I think from, it's na- outside this is, of Nashville 
that little blurb was from Fox 17 Nashville. So I imagine yeah. it's in that area somewhere. But uh, we got to go check it out. We can go out to uh, we can go to, go to Dollywood. I wonder if Opryland is still open. Opryland USA was it open is. for a bit. It is. I think uh, I think I might have been to Dollywood as a child. I'll have to ask my mom. I know. So we- Ben says. Ben says it's located in the Knoxville Smoky Mountains Metroplex in Knoxville. Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. Yeah. So Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. We'll have to go swing by there. We'll have a, we'll have a live show in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. I'm going to check so, with my mom and see if uh, if I have, in fact, been there. And if so, if there's photos. Oh, my, my cat has decided to join the podcast again. Everyone. Everyone was loving the animals in the last episode. Jeff. So <laughs> that's good. They'll, they'll be making appearances. Don't worry. Okay, well, that's enough of that. We should just dive right into it. I'm really excited to uh, talk with Alicia. Uh, she's been doing pod- podcasting stuff for a long time, and I'm a big fan of her work. So uh, shall we get into it, Jeff? Let's do it. All right, let's talk to Alicia. We have Alicia Stella from Theme Park Stop. And Alicia, welcome to Annual Pass. Thank you for having me. Absolutely, absolutely. I've been a big fan of your your content for a while. I've been listening to your podcast and everything. And uh, recently, uh, we uh, you you posted on Twitter that hey, uh, Shrek 4D, the the glasses, the Ogre Vision glasses are are on sale at the Prop Store Universal Studios. And I was like, oh my god, if anyone can grab me a pair, let me know. And you very very thoughtfully reached out and said, hey, I got a spare a spare pair, and you threw them my way. So thank you for that. I oh, appreciate nice. that very very much. There they are. Oh, you're very welcome. And um, I bought too many of them and I, I i was gonna give like a few away to friends and then i realized i still had quite a few left so when you posted that like you still wanted one i was like oh thank god i can get rid of another one <laughs> I, I feel like i needed to preserve the history of it i guess and i was yeah, like no no yeah. just keep them coming fill the back fill the back <laughs> so uh so for those of you who don't know theme park stop is an awesome awesome podcast you guys have a patreon uh, patreon.com slash theme park stop but uh i did a little bit of research on kind of your your backstory and it feels it's 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 interesting because i think you and i are very very similar in sort of our uh our sort of uh, introduction to the internet and theme parks and everything so uh back in the early 2000s you worked at universal studios over at jaws while i was working over at the great movie ride at, at disney mgm studios and then you were writing about movies and stuff on the internet and then slowly got into theme parks, which is exactly my trajectory as well. So yeah, now that you mentioned it, that is kind of uh, weirdly the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, 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 we have this weird kind of kindred spirit across the internet over the years. And now, uh, you know, I, I followed in your footsteps and now I have a theme park podcast. So, uh, hey, that works out pretty well. I mean, I've, I've always loved theme parks. It just didn't occur to me that I could actually talk about them all the time and actually have people talk back and like have a conversation. Usually I was the one that if I talked about theme parks with my friends, they'd all like roll their eyes and groan. And I was like, well, you know what? If you won't talk to me about it, I will talk to the Internet about it. <laughs> it, it always seems like the Internet was that place where it was all niche programming. Right. And so uh, it, it feels like over the, you know, the past it feels like maybe the past five years, something about theme parks really kind of exploded. Like we had this sort of renaissance of theme parks mm-hmm. in the the mid 20 teens that I think uh, I don't I don't know about you, but I know like back in the 90s when I was a Disney kid growing up and we would go to the theme parks on vacation like every year. And so now that I'm an adult with air quotes around that, like it's become sort of my home away from home. And I feel like there's sort of this, you know, kind of rise and fall of theme parks and we're we're on one of the rises right now. And I, I mean, obviously, your 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 podcast is very successful. I don't know if you if you see that as well. Uh, success? Yes. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, if you say so. No. Yes. The theme parks. What's weird is like in the the late nineties, we had Animal Kingdom and Islands of Adventure being built here in Central Florida, but the internet was still kind of a baby, and it you know it took five minutes to upload one you know JPEG, so. <laughs> We didn't have the forums. We had like the use groups or whatever and chat rooms on AOL Messenger. But (laughs) if that happened, you know, now where we're in the age of uh, instant sharing and social media, that's kind of what's happening is that anything that's new for theme parks, and there's been a lot lately, it's like got instant sharing and communication and it's exploding and we don't have to worry about, you know, the modem speeds holding us back from connecting with one another. 
Yeah, it, it seems like, you know, we were, you know, theme park lovers are certainly in this renaissance right now where like we've been so fortunate the past few years where I know when the pandemic hit, when lockdown kind of hits, uh, I was watching uh, Midway Mania. He was posting videos of Velocicoaster going up like every single day. He would just go and film Velocicoaster. And I was sitting on my couch living vicariously through his drone videos <laughs> and through his shots around Islands of Adventure. And like that, that kind of stuff now, like that wouldn't have existed back in the day. And, and that makes me it makes me happy that, that people are into that kind of content. And even uh, when I was kind of like diving into the history of theme park stop in uh, Orlando Park Stop, I noticed that some of your first content you made was actually the construction of uh, Reign of Kong. And mm -hmm. so it's kind of it's kind of cool to see like that stuff is so it's, it's, it's fascinating and interesting. And I, I do appreciate that. Places like Universal and even now Disney a little bit with Tron are kind of just embracing the, well, we're doing this out in the open. It's happening. We're not going to try to hide it. We're not lying about it. And they sort of like, yeah, people are posting this stuff and we're just kind of saying like, yeah, OK, have fun with it. And <laughs> instead of trying to be all <laughs> sneaky and secretive. But uh, even that, I remember like when they were building the mine train, um, the Snow White Seven Dwarfs mine train, they had little windows on the work walls and it says take a peek at what we're doing and <laughs> i feel like that's something that happened the once that will never happen again because they weren't like it was all child size like peak holes and nowadays you would just stick a like a camera up there and post the pictures so there's no yeah. way we're getting that again but <laughs> there, would just, there would just be a tripod with a camera poking right through the hole sitting there all day doing that <laughs> Now, now, Jeff, you might appreciate this because Alicia, one thing that, that she does that I'm really impressed by is she dives into work permits and like patents yes. and all of this stuff. And that's fascinating. And how, how did you get into that aspect of things? Because like you found out more about Epic Universe through yeah. the patent office or through the, you know, through work permits than probably anyone else on the Internet. I'm far more interested in the business of theme parks than theme parks themselves. Like how they run, how they get made is fascinating to me. So I, I'm all ears. Well, there's all this land that Universal used to own in the 90s, and they were going to expand and build a third theme park all the way back then. Uh, economic downturn and tourism died off after 9-11. The company that was owning Universal Parks at the time just sold off all the land. Comcast bought the parks, and they're treating it like a new toy. And they're like, hey, you know, there was these plans to build a new theme park on this land, and that land, it's for sale again. They bought all the land back that Universal Parks used to own. And as soon as that happened, and there was like an Orlando Sentinel story about Universal buys land from Lockheed Martin and this and that. And I'm like, oh, it's happening. It's happening again. It's all happening again. <laughs> the prophecy has been foretold. Um, I dug up old stuff uh, uh, and old articles in the Sentinel and got prepared all the way back then. This is 2017, 2018. Um, there was a lawsuit that they were filing to see whether or not they'd be allowed to build a theme park on the land. As soon as they won that lawsuit, I knew it was on and I kind of was checking permits every day. They filed a water drainage permit, literally shows the layout for the theme park, the parking lot, all the roads. And a year before they even announced it, I was doing videos and podcasts about this new theme park. That is that's awesome. <laughs> that's have, have you ever considered a career as the world's greatest private detective? <laughs> but private here's the thing, though. You solve I, mysteries I, and crimes? I can solve mysteries, but only if I'm initiated and care a whole lot. And I only care about theme parks. So it's like a superpower that is wasted on this frivolous thing. But I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if it's frivolous. Obviously, there's people like us that are, that are very, very interested in this stuff. So you're, you're making someone out there happy yes there's a market for it that it shocks me every day that i'll write an article about some random nerdy patent and a technology uh, that may never be used in a theme park but was patented and universal came up with it and so like it gets a thousand readers and i'm like well, i can't believe there's an audience for this because <laughs> i thought i was the only one nerdy enough to care now okay so you you've been diving into this stuff for a while i heard a rumor from uh some universal employees back in the day some team members back in the day that uh the high school behind universal so for those of you don't know, there's basically a road and then there's a high school right behind universal studios mm -hmm. like the, the the whole resort um that universal was trying to purchase that school and basically level it and use that land. I don't know how true that is. Do you have have you seen any of that in your research over the years? If they did, 
it wouldn't be to build like a new theme park. It would be to move some of the backstage areas across the street and have like the team members walk over a, a, a an elevated platform like they do at Disney Springs. Okay. Like it wouldn't be necessarily to expand the theme park. However, it would expand the theme park because then if they move the backstage areas, they can expand Universal Studios Florida into what used to be backstage. So I think there's some truth to that rumor. Okay. Um. Like, because that school is butted up against a neighborhood. There's houses on all three sides of that school. Uh, and it's up against uh, Turkey Lake Road, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Phillips High School, which, by the way, if you <laughs> ever were a fan of Clarissa Explains It All on Nickelodeon, whenever they shot school scenes outside, like in a football field, they would go across the street and film at Dr. Phillips. Huh. Um, so, but yeah, I think they were offering... Uh, to pay to relocate the school and make it nice and new and shiny and the the school turned them down. I believe that actually is true. Wow, that's interesting. Now, I'm I'm curious, so the the land where Volcano Bay is sitting right now, is that something that Universal always owned or was that a property? I I, I don't live in Florida, so I don't know the area as well. But was that property that Universal had already and were just holding it? Or was that another place that they kind of slowly scooped up over time? I think I don't I could be wrong, but I think that's something they always owned. It was originally just going to be more hotels and they kind of because it's it's really a small plot sandwiched. It's like a triangle in between two roads, but they managed to squeeze in a water park there. Um, And you know, what's funny is I mentioned the backstage areas. They really wanted to free up space backstage. They're actually going to build a lot of the offices and things that are currently backstage now at the new Epic Universe site. Okay. So that they can clear up that space still and expand Universal Studios Florida like they wanted to. Uh, they have to still keep the team member parking and wardrobe, but offices, executives, um, the catering and food, all like the food production stuff is moving off site two miles south at the new property because it's so big. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Jeff, Jeff, if you if you had to guess how large the new area is, the new Epic Universe area is for Universal Studios, how big do you think it would be? I would guess it's larger than the other two put together because you told me that once, I think. <laughs> Let's, that's cheating. You paying attention. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, it, it I don't fit. know. I don't know square mileage. I just know that you said it could fit the other two parks in it and then have room yeah. still. Yeah, Alicia, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I'm pretty sure it could take the entire Universal Orlando plot right now and drop in the middle with plenty of room to spare, like including City Walk and everything, right? Uh, the 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 connected parts, the contiguous parts yeah. could be plopped in there because they also own a lot of satellite properties surrounding the area along iDrive and Universal Boulevard. So technically, yes, you could take the two theme parks, the garages, the City Walk and just plop it down there. That's um, wild. And still have room for the Cabana Bays and the Volcano Bays along the outskirts on Universal Boulevard. So it, it will double. It will double the size of their of their property. Contiguous is such a fun word. <laughs> right? It doesn't get enough love. It doesn't get enough love. It is an it is an it is an underappreciated word that's fun to say and use. <laughs> now it, it blows me away that Universal was able to get that much land that close to where they were. I mean, like they're, they're still a, a few miles away, but you know the fact that they're not terribly far away, and they could still purchase all that land. That's that's wild to me that there wasn't like little like donuts and stuff inside they had to work with, but. That it's it's absolutely incredible, and, and so they're they're going to do some stuff too that we haven't seen at least in uh, in Florida, where like there's going to be a hotel that butts up to the actual park where you can actually stay at the hotel. Jeff, we got to stay at this hotel because there's literally a hotel where you can walk out of a door into the theme park, and so that's that's kind of cool. I've seen that like you know uh, I think Disney in California does that, and then like Disney Paris will do that, but this is the first time I've seen it in Orlando, as far as I know. I aren't there like 300 hotels on Disney? Didn't you tell me that? On property, yeah, you, can't, yeah. you can't like walk out and go into the front gate of a theme park. Oh, then. I see. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. There's literally but, like a door you open and it's like, oh, now we're in, you know, we're next to Harry Potter. Now you do have to walk, you know, 500 yards or whatever. But technically the boardwalk and the Yacht and Beach Club do have a back entrance directly into Epcot. That's so true. we kind of close sort of almost have that already. But this one is literally like a weenie at the back of the park. Like there's a hotel and it's the tallest thing in the theme in the theme park. And Man. you walk out the hotel and you're in the park. So that is a very first thing. It's something that's done in a lot of Universal Beijing just opened um, last year and it has a big hotel at the entrance. You actually walk under 
to enter the park, the hotel. <laughs> so oh. it's very similar to that, but it, this one's at the back of the park. Can can we go there, Jack, to Universal I, Beijing? Well, we'll we'll ask uh, we'll ask Ben and we'll ask her if we have the budget to make it happen. Uh, but that's it's 2025, right? Is is Universal just officially announced 2025 for opening? So uh, well, that technically means... they said summer 2025 at the latest. Ah. But yes, yeah, I think that's what they're shooting for. That's the um, anniversary for the entire resort. What is it? Um, 35 years? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's is uh, that right. I, Whatever 1990 plus uh, 25. Oh, oh, yeah. 35 years. Yeah. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah, it's definitely it's going to be one of those things that hopefully we're still around. Hopefully annual pass is still kicking. And, uh, you know, may, maybe if we're still friends with our, our buddies over at Universal, they'll they'll allow us into the park to check it out. So, Jeff, don't screw this up for us. OK, uh, do my best. <laughs> hey, guys, let's take a short little break. For our sponsor here on Annual Pass today, one I'm actually really, really excited for, one I'm a big fan of, it's Peacemaker, the show on HBO Max. Wow, what a great show. I will be honest, if, if you know, you've got some younger younger kids, younger fans, younger pass holders around, maybe they shouldn't be watching this. This is a little bit more mature, a little bit more violent than your, you know, your average kind of show, kind of your superhero show, but uh, hey, it's it's fantastic. If you're not watching Peacemaker, you better go catch up now. You're really missing out on a roller coaster. See what I did there? The roller coaster thing. <laughs> it's a roller coaster of emotion, comedy, and ass kicking. Peacemaker explores the origins of Peacemaker himself, you know, John Cena's character and James James Gunn's 2021 film, The Suicide Squad. It is a film. Man, it's so fantastic. Peacemaker believes in peace at any cost, no matter how many people he has to absolutely obliterate. To get it. The series also stars Danielle Brooks as Adebayo, Freddie Stroma as Vigilante, Jennifer Holland as Harcourt, Chuck Woody Iwuji as Mern, Steve Eji as Economos, and Robert Patrick as Augie Smith. What a jerk that guy is. Binge all the episodes now. Every single episode is out right now, including the absolutely bonkers season finale that dropped today on HBO Max. And listen to Podly, the Peacemaker podcast on HBO Max, the HBO Max and DC YouTube channels or wherever else you get your podcast. That's Ify and Fiona's podcast. That's right. They're going to interview all the people from Peacemaker. It's so, so awesome. And if you want to rock some sweet Peacemaker merch, head on over to shop.dccomics.com. For the latest drops. And in case you want to dive deeper into these characters in the world of Peacemaker, DC Universe Infinite's Peacemaker comics are free to read with registration. Go check out Peacemaker on HBO Max and HBOMax.com slash Peacemaker and tune into the official podcast Podly. You're going to check this one out. It's awesome. It's it's pretty violent, though. So uh, make sure you have the appropriate audience to watch. it. <laughs> so James Gunn's done it again. It is absolutely fantastic. Watch it. All right, enough of that. Let's get back to annual pass. But now, uh, now, as far as we know, Epic Universe is is broken up like every theme park is broken up into multiple sections. And we've got uh, there's a new Harry Potter area, which has been under flux as far as what it might be, because the rumor was it was going to be the French Ministry of Magic. And it was all going to be based around the France, uh, the France area from uh, uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them Part Two. And uh, do you so you you've been diving into this. Is there any is there any you know, is that possibly still going to happen? Or do you know if or do you have any idea if it's been sort of changed more into the the Harry Potter world as opposed to kind of the the, the magical world? So when you're dealing with rumors, the fun thing is um, you only get drips and drabs from different sources and different places, no different information. So when you're the only one reporting on this type of thing, <laughs> it sometimes because it's so early. Uh, you're all watching me discover the truth as it happens. Uh, I thought it was all Fantastic Beasts at the beginning, and then I thought it was all Potter, and now I realize it's both. It is okay. quite literally a land split down the middle, and it has uh, the streets of Paris as seen in Fantastic Beasts, the crimes of Grindelwald, and it has, at least in the current plans, I believe, the British Ministry of Magic as a giant e-ticket attraction. Uh, and those two things somehow will coexist, especially considering one takes place in the 1930s and one takes place in the 1990s. Yeah, that's interesting <laughs> because like Harry Potter's parents weren't even alive at that point. <laughs> and here we are 
so just a, a little a sliver of a road will be like, all right, this you're on two halves of this thing. How I wonder how they're going to theme that because Universal has been really, really good about theming their stuff lately. Like their, their new lands, everything they built up, the Super Mario World area, you know, all, all the Harry Potter stuff has been great. And it's, I'm I'm really excited for Epic Universe as kind of taking all of that, that new style of theming that they've really been knocking out of the park and going to the next level with it. Be like, all right, we're starting fresh with a new plot. We haven't seen a brand new massive theme park in the states in what since the the late 90s right i guess it was mm-hmm. probably uh, islands well, of adventure or in Animal the Kingdom? states california adventure i think there you might go. be yeah. the last uh theme park not amusement or water park and what's crazy about epic universe is it's designed with every land like diagon alley where you stand in the middle of the park in the hub, which is massive, like four times as big as uh, the hub in Main Street uh, of, a, of a Magic Kingdom. It's like City Walk if it were in the center of a theme park. And you could go in four different directions and you have to enter through a portal. There is no like loop around the wagon wheel like a Magic Kingdom. There is no back road. You can only get in and out of each land through a Diagon Alley type portal. So when you're in a land... It's immersive. It's almost like four little theme parks around a city walk is how this wow. park was designed. Uh, like restaurants and shopping in the middle and its own theming. And then you enter into and you are only in Super Nintendo World and there is only one way back out. And it's through the warp pipe. Oh, wow. Now, so, Jeff, you, you've been on this. You've been on our podcast for a while now. I've well, talked about Epic Universe. <laughs> I've talked about Epic Universe in the past. Do you remember the the lands of Epic Universe as far as we know? Yeah, there's Harry Potter Land World. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is the Super Mario area, right? Mm-hmm. That's there's two. There's the, the How to Train Your Dragon Land. Yes, and that's correct. And there's one more, right? Mm-hmm. Is it uh, Dinosaurs? No. No, I made that up. I don't know the fourth one. What is the fourth one? <laughs> it's Universal Monsters, as far oh, as we know. Oh, that's right. That's right. Which uh, I know I'm excited for that. So uh, mm-hmm. I know, you're, Dinosaurs are Monsters. <laughs> technically true now uh yeah so the universal monsters classic monsters uh I, so uh, alicia on your show you have a co-host ian who is mm-hmm. fascinated by universal <laughs> monsters do you, have, do you have any idea how he got into that so much because that's all he seems to talk about on on the show i think he has a tattoo of uh oh i'm gonna get in trouble i think it's wolfman he <laughs> he just always has loved the monsters um i i, I think it's something that like the universal pictures wouldn't exist today if it weren't for the low budget, high money making monster movies of the 20s, 30s, 40s and even 50s. Yeah. If it weren't for those existing and their ability um, in an economic you know, uh, depression to still make a movie like Dracula and it make a ton of money kept the company afloat so they owe everything to the monsters and you know they have like a restaurant or they had a walk through uh at, at hollywood and there's been a show here and there but this is the first time they're gonna get like their own land and they tried mm-hmm. to do it with islands of adventure but it ended up getting uh turned into lost continent at the last minute instead they wanted to go the adventure route instead of go the like dark gloomy route um <laughs> It was even going to be an expansion where Harry Potter is in uh, Islands of Adventure was originally going to be a Van Helsing ride using the same ride system that eventually got co-opted to be the Harry Potter Forbidden Journey ride. So, like, they keep trying to do justice for the monsters. And then finally, I think Universal Creative was like, listen, we got a whole new theme park. We got lots of opportunities for other IP. Let's just please give something to the monsters. And they're like, fine. But listen, we don't own the rights to the likeness of Dracula, but we do own the rights to the likeness of Frankenstein. So I think the whole land is going to look like Frankenstein Village. Wasn't, That's uh, cool. wasn't there a, didn't I ride a Van Helsing ride at Universal Studios in Hollywood? No, I think there was, there was a, there was a, a, a maze there, right? Like a yes. walkthrough maze? Yes. No, I'm pretty sure I rode a Van Helsing ride with Gus. I'm uh, that was. I don't know about that. As far as actual right, was it the backlot tour maybe? And there was like a Van Helsing portion or something. But I don't think there's ever been a proper attraction like ride. But there, there certainly was. There was a creature from the Black Lagoon show that ran for a little bit, mm-hmm. and then there was a. Uh, there's been a Van Helsing maze that was kind of like it was like like a Howling Horror Nights maze, except it was there permanently for or not permanent, but it was there like always. It, it became the the. Um walking dead afterward but originally it was set up as the was it like house of horrors or something i forgot what it was called but it was the all the classic monsters in a daytime maze 
So, uh, yeah. Van the, Helsing Fortress Dracula. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah. So this was definitely the the walking tour type thing. Hmm. Huh. Yes. Yeah, it says past attractions on there, Jeff. So you're good. <laughs> so I, I know it, more than you do about a thing. Look at that. I guess so. I guess so. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I, I'm really, really excited for uh, for this because uh, like my, one of my favorite things ever, like at any park in all of Orlando, is the the horror makeup show, which kind of like harkens back to that classic time of you know all the the Universal kind of where they got their roots from. And so uh, I, anything they can expand on that is going to be a blast. And I'm I'm really excited for you know a whole land based around that and the idea of. Uh, the, the theming a whole area around like this classic horror type stuff is going to be great. And, and then in my head, I start spiraling off into like, what's Halloween horror nights going to be like, mm. and w will Halloween horror nights be even, even anywhere near Epic universe no. or will that be stay, stay a park? <laughs> you don't think so? It'll, it'll stay at studios. I, okay. I, um, if anything, it might leak into like one corner of islands again, but if they dare risk it and have it like pass through the sound stages, but they have sound stages and purpose built spaces for haunted houses at Universal Studios Florida and the layout works well to its favor. I went the year they did it at Islands Only and it was terrible because <laughs> it's it's a big loop and there's no room for houses. So everything was like uh, just makeshift like, uh, you know, here's the cue for this turned into a house and it was not great. And there's a lot of walking and you can't swim across that lagoon to mm. get from one side to the other. Um, I think uh, I think we would have seen them build some purpose built like multi-use purpose buildings in Island uh, in Epic Universe if they were planning on moving the event there. But I wouldn't say no to an after hours kid friendly, not so scary type event okay. at Epic Universe because there's an opportunity, um, especially with like how to train your dragon and Nintendo to do some kind of like, uh, you know, can you imagine Mario characters uh, dressed up in little Halloween outfits and things? Oh, and you could do trick or treating and stuff and have a parade. Oh. oh, and they have room for a parade there. So I feel like they could bring some kid friendly event and kind of double dip the market and take, a, a, you know, do do a, a kid friendly after hours and this keep the scary one where it is. But the legacy and the history of Universal Studios Florida's Halloween Horror Nights, I think, is going to keep it there. You mentioned parades. That made me think about it. Like uh, and with Epic Universe being such a kind of sealed off, like sanctioned off park. I wonder how I wonder how, you know, parades will work. I mean, will they only be in the hub area or yeah. will it kind of like. Yeah start in one area and go through it? I mean, is, is the hub area that big? I, I don't have oh, a sense it's of massive. scale. It is huge. It is, uh, uh, I, I forgot the math on it, but it is, um, it's bigger than CityWalk. Like, it's so big oh, wow. uh, uh, in Florida. It's so big that it has, it's so big, it's actually three hubs in one. I always make that joke that it's a snowman. If you look at the concept <laughs> art, it has a big round hub in the entrance and then it has a middle smaller hub and then a teeny hub at the top that's a little fountain show. And that, that's the head of the snowman. Um, I think they have a, the ability to do a parade route on the bottom hub alone uh, wow. or like the hub like that is already big enough to do a parade and have enough people watching it or the two hub circles. And that would cross in front of how to train a dragon, the front entrance of the park. Um, and then the Nintendo before switching back around and looping around itself. So no, they have enough room for a parade uh, without even touching the lands. Wow. Uh, and that gives you an idea of how big the center of this park is, man. I, I'm, I'm curious what they could do with sort of like nighttime shows and stuff, you know, kind of almost like a like a in universal version of illuminations where it's like they have like fireworks in the middle, but then lighting up all the different sections around it as well. Like, you know, here comes the the how to train your dragon portion of the show. And then here comes like a Super Mario portion of the show. I wonder if I mean, God, I wonder if they could do something like that or if all those licenses are going to be such a pain to sort of work together. Because I know, like, you know, Harry Potter is one of those things they can't really do a lot of interactive stuff with the rest of the park. It's sort of, you know, it has to mm -hmm. be its own thing due to due to contract with stuff. You should see the parade in Japan incorporates Jurassic World with a full-size T-Rex in the parade. Oh, and wow. then um, kids riding on broomsticks for a Harry Potter part of the parade. Like, they just go all in on that parade. <laughs> um, 
No, they have a fountain for Epic Universe in like the uh, top part of the hub that looks like full on Bellagio type fountain in in the round. So like during the day, like Fountain of Nations used to be at Epcot. Rest in peace. You can just like chill and watch the fountain show every 15 minutes or whatever. But then at night, it could be incorporated into a fireworks show. All the concept art shows fireworks over the back. They have a fireworks launch site behind the hotel. So like uh, Cinderella Castle, but instead it's a hotel and there's fireworks <laughs> above it. Um but the, the thing is, when you're in the hub, you won't really see any of the lands itself. You will only see the entrances to the lands. Yeah. You're not going to see Peach's Castle in Nintendo. You're going to see a warp pipe and a big wall. And that's it. And it's like you have to get into that land to see the Nintendo stuff. Yeah, really dive uh, so into it. But the, the center of the park we didn't actually discuss is themed itself as like... um the four elements or the fit the five elements uh so each area of the hub is its own land like the hub is so big it has lands itself wow. and it's themed like jules verne type hg wells futuristic that never was dream port type thing because mm. you're going from different universe to universe uh, and but it has its own rides. There's a dueling <laughs> racing roller coaster attached to the hub. Uh, there's cool. some kind of central uh, uh, flat ride in, in, in. We don't know what it is, but I think it's, it could be a carousel. So like there's there's rides in the hub. It's so big. <laughs> Jeff, are you, are you excited? You look incredibly excited right now. Yeah, I'm pretty excited. I still can't wrap my head around the idea that How to Train Your Dragon is a big enough property to warrant its own land. But I guess, it, I mean, it was a good movie. The first two were really good. But <laughs> I, every time I hear it pop, it's like in my head, it's like it's nowhere near the size of a Nintendo or a Harry Potter or Universal Mo Monsters. But I guess they're just investing that heavily in it. I, well, I think what, it what has future. to do with what they want to build. Yeah. It's one of those lands where it looks good. Like they want Viking dragon land and they happen to have a property for it. <laughs> so yeah. like they want to make something that looks cool. Yeah. If you, distill to it, something. if you distill it down to just Viking dragon land, that's that sounds pretty, pretty damn cool. <laughs> I will admit. <laughs> now, and was there anything in sort of like the early paperwork, all the, the permits you went through? Was there any other like possible lands that were out there that have been since canceled or changed or altered in any way? We didn't really get wind of anything in the early blue sky phase. And I think that's something we'll hear about later, like five mm -hmm. years after the park opens. But I wouldn't be surprised if Jurassic World was tossed around as a possible land for this new park before they decided to go and build a Jurassic World ride at Islands, the mm -hmm. Velocicoaster. I feel like because they built a full Jurassic World land for the first time at Universal Beijing, uh, and it has an indoor dark ride. And that originally was going to be designed as a gyrosphere ride. And I feel like if they had cracked the like the tech and made an actual gyrosphere ride, you bet there would have been a Jurassic World landed Epic Universe. Yeah, but because yeah. they ended up making it another Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man ride clone, there it they felt they didn't need to clone it here. Like it was already we already have that ride system twice. We don't need to add another one. So yeah. I feel like they, that that made the decision for them. Yeah, it's got to be interesting for the like the engineers working on the stuff to be like, you literally have a blank slate and you've got a lot of room to do whatever you want to do. And e even that, like the the amount of expansion plots on Epic Universe is wild as well. Like they, I don't know if they could add another park, but they can definitely expand on other areas within the uh, the current park they or the the park we've we imagine they're going to build. Right. The only thing that comes close to the, the expansion spaces that they have is maybe Epcot because it had like every other country was an empty slot and they can slot in more countries. Mm. Normally, especially Universal, they build these theme parks and they have like an expansion space next to a land to add to that land. Like okay. Jurassic Park in Islands Adventure had a little expansion spot so they can add a third ride. Um, and, and like they have a little expansion plot behind where Back to the Future Simpsons is and they can expand that area. But this one is ex like leaving expansion plots for entire world. So they could add and one of them is massive. So that could yeah. even be split into two worlds or if down the road they got something big like Lord of the Rings. And they said in um, investor earnings calls, they've said they don't want to be stuck in a situation where they get a massive like Harry Potter sized IP and have to retheme a land like they did with Islands of Adventure. They don't want to have to retheme, tear down or start over. They want to leave a giant chunk of space open just in case they get that whale. <laughs> <laughs> did yeah, you, it's, speaking of yeah. whale did you guys see that the lord of the rings property is for sale right now 
Yeah, no. I saw that this morning. Um, yeah. And $2 the more I read it, the more confusing it got about who actually owns the rights to what. Because like, just because you get the rights to this doesn't mean you have the rights to that and you can't make it look like this. And it's like, this is a mess. Yeah. <laughs> It is, it's definitely confusing. I was hoping you could elucidate a little bit. Oh, no, 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 no. It doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> so is, is it going to be something like, you know, east of the Mississippi, Universal owns the rights to Lord of the Rings, but west of the Mississippi, Disney's got the rights to it to build something in the park? Like you can only know. do Hobbit west of the west of the Mississippi. <laughs> yeah. I just think if it's, it's weird. If you get the rights to Lord of the Rings, but you can't make it look anything like the giant Peter Jackson films, is it worth it? Yeah. At yeah. this point, that's kind of established that like that's what that's what, you know, the Hobbiton looks like. It's, you know, yeah. that's what Could you imagine. Can you imagine going to Hogsmeade and Hogwarts Castle, but it doesn't look anything like the movies because they based it on the book? Yeah. Yeah. Or getting it's on like the train you've... and Hermione just does not sound right. And it's just like... <laughs> you've got access to Lord of the Rings, but it has to be the Leonard Nimoy Lord of the Rings. So <laughs> the, the Bilbo Baggins dance song. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. You unlocked a memory just then. <laughs> oh, uh, who was who that? What was the, the animated version of that? Who was it? It was, uh, uh oh, wasn't God. it Rankin Bass? It was yeah. pretty good. Uh, no, no, not Rankin Bass. It was, it was, it was, uh, not the, not the claymation. It was, God, who was it? No, it was ben, still animation. Is it the one with the horrible songs that were just droning on and on? Oh yeah. No. No, it's it's the Ralph Bakshi version of Lord of the Rings. Did you ever see that one, Jeff? Came out in 1978. That's when you were alive, right? Yeah, I think that's what we were. I was referencing earlier. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's the one that has all the songs from the books. Oh, anyway, yeah. that's a weird aside. <laughs> so well, now uh, oh, where there's smoke, there's fire. There's been rumors that Universal had been working on Lord of the Rings attractions. Um, like that, that rumor has been going on for 12 years now, 13 years now, but it actually resurfaced when Epic Universe was, um, being finalized and like, that's one of the major contenders. And it just, I think it came down to a rights issue. The Mm. thing is with the theme parks is they'll design like concept art and come up with an entire like plan and then they'll present it to the rights holders and then they'll get turned down. And it's like, yeah, they were working on it, but it doesn't mean they ever got a green light. Yeah, that, it's 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 crazy because like the amount of stuff that I imagine is out there that, you know, you'd be like, oh, if only like uh, we're friends with Dave Cobb. He, he came on the show a little while ago and uh, he's a fascinating gentleman. And I in a recent episode, I mentioned that it would be cool to have like a Ghostbusters something somewhere. And he actually messaged me and said he had pitched Sony on some attractions for Ghostbusters and it's never happened. And it's like, ah, like we're so close. <laughs> it's like it's neat to know that stuff is happening. And I'm curious how many things have gotten right to the edge and then weren't able to follow through. Like maybe maybe you can shine some light on this. But I've heard rumors that um, the Lost Continent area of, of Islands of Adventure was going to be rethemed as Hyrule from Legend of Zelda. Uh, once the whole like Nintendo contracts came into play. And I don't know if that's just like, you know, just a rumor or if that was there's some actual validity to it. Um, and you can learn more about that rumor at YouTube channel Theme Park Stop. Uh, <laughs> yes. No, I, I I have seen the patent and I have heard the plans and uh, that one didn't get as far as plans for a Pokemon land. But it was like they were they were planning on opening the um, Super Nintendo World in Universal Studios, Florida, originally. And when they got the right to build in their new theme park at Epic Universe, they kind of moved those plans over like exactly the same. They didn't change a thing. They're just plopping it into the new theme park. Um, When that was done, they were going to build uh, a Pokemon area and then they were going to build a Zelda area. So they were working on plans for that. And it's this crazy concept of like. It starts as a boat ride and then halfway through it turns into a suspended dark ride. So like you're in a bo- in a boat in water and then all of a sudden you're flying in the air over top of the land. Like you get picked up by a glider halfway through. Wow. That is, it seems like now with like Rise of the Resistance, it's like, you know, you can't have an attraction that's just one thing. It's got to be multi. You've got to have an experience through multiple kinds yes. of, of rides. I think we'll see something very um, weird and multi-ride system for the new Harry Potter ride at Epic. I think okay. that 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 they have a chance to do their own Rise of the Resistance type thing. Um, if I were to venture a guess, I'd say the elevators from the British Ministry of Magic as a ride. OK, OK. Like a Willy Wonka style elevator ride. Yes. Everything nice. short of flying through the ceiling and flying over <laughs> Germany. Everything short of that. OK. 
But Gene Wilder will be there on every yes. every single one. Yes. Now, you uh, win, Charlie. You win. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I am curious because uh, right now the the Fear Factor stage, which has been you know used for back in the day, it was Bill and Ted's, and this year it was the Nightmare Fuel. That's going away. It's they have announced that Fear Factor is not coming <laughs> yes. back. It's, it sounds like they're they're demolishing that. But it seems like Halloween Horror Nights. They always have some kind of nighttime show. And I'm, uh, do we have any idea where that show might land? Will it end up over at like the old Blue Man Group stage, or Maybe. I mean? Maybe it's got to. It's got to be something, right? They moved Grinchmas to the Blue Man Group stage, uh, and it worked out really well. Okay. It, it, they won't be able to do the pyro and fire things that they normally do with an outdoor stage. They did. Uh, they have done Halloween Horror Nights shows, both in a street stage that they set up temporarily, and also at the Animal Actors stage. But they ah. are smaller crowd levels, so you still get to do fire, but you have much less audience space. So we might see like a split thing where they have one show in the in the Blue Man Group, and then a street show just so they can do fire because they're obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this this last one was very fire heavy. Yeah, that was pretty insane. That was uh, I I would hate for them to lose that show. That show was the whole night for me. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, that, that was that was a really good one. That was yeah. that was definitely kind of like wasn't expecting it to be as as cool as it was. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that was I, I feel I felt like I needed to go see that thing like four times in order to yeah. catch everything that was going on. But I'm, j- we I'm got just the glad ones. we live. Uh, we live in an age where magic gets to be cool again. And I like that. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, OK, let's uh, we're, we've kept you here for a while, but I do want to ask kind of about sort of your history at the theme parks, because uh, we, we talked and you actually you, you like me, you did a spieling attraction. So you worked at Jungle Cruise and the Jaws ride. Which and is, and confrontation. Oh, I, did you? Uh, I learned the spiel and I did confrontation for a couple weeks, uh, filling in when they needed help. So I've technically spieled at uh, those three rides. Oh, that's so awesome. No, those spieling attractions to me are like th- those are my favorite because so much of your experience on the attraction is based on your tour guide, and you can, like you can have a great tour guide makes it like the most amazing show ever, or you can have kind of a crap one that's sort of is going through the motions. But uh, I, I don't think we're going to see anything like that again. Like unless it's a straight up like a literal tour, like a backlot tour. I can't. I don't imagine them building like anyone building any show that requires interaction like that with a cast member. And it makes me really yeah. sad. Why? Yeah, because it's one of those things where it's like it's the the amount of labor that goes into it. it you know, say it, something like Great Movie Ride. There's only five vehicles on the track at a time. But like confrontation, I imagine there's only three or four um and even like jaws like how many how many boats did you guys have in jaws when you when you were at full capacity up, up to six i think maybe five yeah uh, which but it's a five minute ride so you know go around pretty fast yeah so it's inefficient it's, essentially yeah okay well i mean that that's the thing it's like you know with, with like a back lot tour you can have a train worth like hundreds of people on it but you know if you've got a show where you've got 30 people you're spieling to like a great movie ride was 70 and you know just to, to have enough to get enough capacity to make sense in a park you would need something like 30 cast members always going at the same time. So I think and Jungle Cruise is pretty close to that because there is it's a 10 minute ride. And if you got a boat, a scene like you can have a lot of boats on there. So that it's weird that that's the longest running one. But that is that is a lot of cast members that have to yeah. be on. Uh, and then you have the rotations in different positions. So there's a um, heavily casted. Plus, you know, spielers make 25 cents more per hour. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, not, not, well, if you're a college program, you just get bare minimum no matter what. So that's that's what I was making. <laughs> I thought you had to pay to be in the college program. Did you? Weren't you paying to work there? Yeah, well, there was. You were paying to live on Disney apartments. So basically, like they would just take it out of your paycheck. So Oof. it was like, oh, like, oh, you're sharing an apartment with seven other people. So we're gonna take the seventy five dollars out of your paycheck, and here's the oh, here's God. the fifty bucks you get to live off of for the rest of the week. And so Dude, that's but like working right, for though. the company store in the nineteen twenties. <laughs> <laughs> I I, wa- I wonder if it comes down to also the experience. And if you get someone who's having a bad day or doesn't give a crap for that moment, your your only experience like once in a lifetime, thousands of dollar vacation is hinging on like uh, whether or not this teenager is having a good morning. Like it is a little <laughs> weird when you think about it that way. Yeah. Uh, so like having an over reliant. That's why Fast and Furious Supercharged here in Orlando just has a dummy driving the car. It's not even animatronic. It's just flat out a dummy with a yeah. wig on. And it's like, well, at least you don't have to rely on him like messing up. He, he's always going to be that dummy. <laughs> oh, man. That's your yeah, favorite that was, ride, Jack. Yeah, Supercharged, my absolute favorite ride. Just, you know, knocked out, 
you know, knocked out Beetlejuice and Earthquake and you know, to put Supercharged in. That's a at least Richter's is still there. I love Richter's. That's do, do, that's we, we've talked about it before on our show, but Richter's is Richter's and Backlot Express at Hollywood Studios are my mm-hmm. two places I have to eat at anytime I go. Not because the food's amazing, but it's just like no. I've got it's it's you know, it's something I have to do. I have to it's eat tradition. at Richter's every time I go to the studios. And so do, do you have anything like that? You have any like any traditions that you have to go like do oh, every have, time you go to the parks? I have Pizza Rizzo uh, at ah. Hollywood Studios. Uh, beautiful ambiance, uh, light Muppet theming and slightly edible food. You really can't go wrong. <laughs> um, Satuli Canteen in Pandora, the world of Avatar, is probably the best quick service. Uh, it's priced accordingly. It's a little more pricey, but it's so good and it's always on point and it's completely different than anything you're going to get at any. It's not just burgers chicken fingers and fries um but you know i was gonna say working at jungle cruise i did have a gimmick and i think uh mm-hmm. i think the best uh skippers have a gimmick and i would i would pretend it's my first time and this is an excuse to because i was nervous all the time doing it uh, i was just in high school if you pretend it's your first time the gimmick is you're nervous see uh-huh. Uh-huh. and i was like i would tell everyone it's my first time and then i would take out a little piece of folded paper uh they had like these time guides for cast members and i would unfold it like this little brochure and pretend it's the script and i would <laughs> read the jokes out as they're written like from my mind and pretend it's written down and then get the jokes and laugh at them myself <laughs> like the joke was so here's the thing though halfway through when you get to the waterfall i would let the wind take my little piece of paper <laughs> and i would then have to just wing it and by the end everyone's cheering because i've become like this good skipper that's found my own voice and it's like see now that that's how you do the jungle cruise there you go now, i i love stuff like that though that was always my thing like if, if you find a cast member that's super into that buys into kind of like the, the you know the whole idea of i want to give this i want to give the best show i possibly can like when i, I worked at backlot tour i worked at the water tank at backlot tour and i did shows for five people and i did shows for 400 people and they got the same show every time like it was always high energy always excited and that to me was so important but then every now and then like like you said you'd see people that have been there for 30 years at our union that are like they don't care and it's like oh just just go go work doc and i'll i'll, I'll do the show like let me, let me do it please because i want to give these guests the best the best time they possibly can and so that's cool I'm, I'm glad that you were you were someone that definitely bought into the you know the 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 love and the energy of uh of theme parks and so it's and obviously you've been around you've been doing this now for you know over 20 years at, at theme parks it sounds like jaws at halloween horror nights when it was open and you'd only get like five people in your boat they sit in the front row doing a show for five people in the front row (laughs) is the most enjoyable experience uh as a spieler because you can play off their energy you don't have to worry about like giving a general crowd the show (laughs) so if like a a bunch of people that are drinking and having a really good time get into the boat and it's like (laughs) oh well i'm not gonna give them the normal show they're getting they're getting the special (laughs) secret show that no one knows about (laughs) they they get the blue show that a manager probably wouldn't be happy with (laughs) yes the farther you get away from the uh, load platform the more insane this show is going to get (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome okay well so alicia before we let you go uh so jeff uh, he's a relatively new theme park aficionado do you have any good tips or any anything that he should know as he's growing his his breadth of knowledge for theme parks and any any tips or advice you'd give to him uh, 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 Lightning Lane is evil. Oh, <laughs> um, Universal True. Express is expensive. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, and uh, Single Rider is your friend. There you go. Single Absolutely, Rider is my friend. What is a Lightning Lane? Uh, it's remember Fast Pass. Uh, it's yeah, that. He doesn't. But but <laughs> well, I mean, that, I, I, I but it costs money name. and is complicated. Um, and universal. So like, if you want to skip the line at Disney, you have to get really high on your SATs. And if you want to skip the line at universal, you have to have, uh, like a 401k. Like you, there's, there's two uh. completely different ways of looking at it. They both suck in their own ways and they're both Well, actually, you know what? Lightning lane is not good. There's absolutely no redeeming qualities whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, Alicia, thank you so much. Uh, if anyone wants to watch, you know, or listen to Theme Park Stop or or watch Theme Park Stop, you can go to uh, patreon.com slash theme park stop or youtube.com slash theme park stop or mm-hmm. orlandoparkstop.com. Uh, you have any personal things you want to share? Anything else you want to plug before we get you out of here? 
You can find me on Twitter at Alicia Stella. And uh, I talk about theme parks nonstop. And I may sound sarcastic and we're having fun here, but I take this very seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on Annual Pass. We really do appreciate it. And hopefully we can uh, we can grab a bite to eat or something out in Florida when we come out next time. Yes. Pizza Rizzo. It's almost edible. Pizza Rizzo. (laughs) Jeff still hasn't been to Disney yet. He hasn't been to Disney World yet. (gasps) Yeah. Uh, well, I, you know, when I, I well. went in the sixth grade, of course, uh, for a school, <laughs> it was required for a school trip. Yeah. yeah. But not, not since then. No. Yeah. So we, we still have to uh, get Jeff out there and break his, his Disney world sphere. And so and uh, that'll, it'll be a lot of fun. And I'm excited to spend time with all of these new theme park friends I've met through this podcast. That's true. We, we can get yeah. Kevin from Defunct Land. We'll get Dave Cobb. We'll get Alicia out there. It'll be, it'll be a blast. It's we'll get Ken great. Marino to come join us and ride rock and roller coaster. There you go. nice that's a good group of people absolutely all right well thank you very much alicia you have a great day thank you that was awesome alicia was great again check her out over at theme park stop listen to their podcast it's that's fascinating jeff jeff were were you blown away by her knowledge each person uh, i meant it when i said it she speaks so uh comfortably knowledgeably about stuff that i wouldn't in a million years like when she was talking about uh, going to the walking under the hotel in Beijing, I I would have bet a million dollars she'd been there five times. It's it's <laughs> like it, she's got an amazing ability to uh, to paint a picture for a place that she has yet to go. I was uh, once again each interview uh, that we do, the person is more interesting than the last. It's it's <laughs> at some point that won't be the case, but so far yeah. it's been pretty awesome. Just don't when, when that isn't the case, don't let that person know. All right. That's that'd be very rude. <laughs> so that's just add, adding to our list of friends we have in Florida yeah. now that we'll have to go visit next time we go out and see him. So. Dude, this is a great a great side effect of this show is that you're getting friends finally. <laughs> finally. <laughs> like who saw yes. that coming? Yeah, absolutely. Given the limitations I, I, of your personality and whatnot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this has been a, a boon to your social life. I love it. Well, for what it's worth, I've got a ton of friends over on our brand new Discord. So uh, for those of you who haven't joined yet, join our Discord over. uh, We'll have a link in the description. And that's been a lot of fun. We have a really good group of people over there that are talking about like it's fun to dive in there and ask people like, you know, do you have any experience on certain attractions? Or a lot of people like offered up their, you know, their knowledge of like behind the scenes stuff. We have a a runners group now where it's like a bunch of people supporting each other running. It's it's awesome. So check that out as well. Um, But Jeff, let's get into it. Let's wrap up this episode with some Q&A. These are these are questions pulled from the uh the kevin perger interview so actually oh, we okay. talked about defunct land so this worked out pretty well was we got some stuff from him small z 925 says jack i had an, a, a run-in in the wild with a pass holder last week on thursday january 6th i was leaving epcot with my parents around 5 30 as we were walking to our car i see someone wearing an original annual pass shirt walking towards the park i was wearing the haunted mansion version i tell them nice shirt and they notice my shirt then we high five i did not get their name or a picture i don't have twitter anyways but we had a run-in so there you go so we're we're getting some interaction that makes me happy so very very whoever that was that high fives Malsey, good on you. Uh, Roman Heretic said, if you had to spend 24 hours on one ride at any theme park with bathroom breaks and quick food breaks, if you can't eat on said ride, which ride would you choose? And that is a fantastic question, Jeff. What what, what do you think? What, what would be your ride that you... 24 hours. If you had to spend 24 hours on a ride, and but the, you did have bathroom breaks and you could eat, what 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 ride would you spend 24 hours on? Uh, I'm either going E.T. or Cat in the Hat. Oh, man. E.T. over 24 hours. Man, that, that attraction is what? About 10 minutes long? So that's six I'm, times I'm, 24, like 150 times I'm, or so? I'm not doing any tummy flippers. I'll tell you that. It's going to be something <laughs> smooth and easy. Cat in the Hat. Love it. Easy peasy. Yeah. yeah. Cat in the Hat spun us around a few times, though. So. Yeah, I can handle a few spins. I can handle the Cat in the Hat spins. Okay. okay. Cat, I, cat, cat, in the, cat in your desk. <laughs> that's true. That, that's that's Ellie on, Ellie on the podcast. Um, I would probably I would say maybe the backlot tour at Universal Hollywood hmm. because that attraction is like an hour long anyway, and it's hosted. So it's kind of at least it's a little bit interesting and different every time you do it. So, yeah, but it's and, outside and it's got benches. It's, you could like maybe lay down if you had to. Then not see the nice thing about E.T. and Cat and Hat. I'm thinking for the 24 hours at some point you're going to sleep. Yeah. 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 But could you sleep on those on those on those bikes, though? Yeah, like, could, could you not off without falling? Like I, you, may, yeah. you might fall out of the actual ride. Nah, I don't fine. know. Just, <laughs> just zip tie me in. 
Nice. Ben in our in our, our producer Ben said the uh, the born stuntacular. I could I could see that. Yeah, that's well. I could watch that five times in a row just to see all the different things that are happening at once on on the stage. That's, that's so good. That's so good. Yeah. All right, wait another one. Seuss ninety nine uh, says, "Could I get some help from the pass holders? I'm taking my girlfriend to her first ever visit to Disney World, and I decided to propose along with it. I was wondering if anyone had any unique ideas other than classic castle proposal. The only issue with being her first time, she doesn't have a favorite place in the park yet. Ooh, so Jeff, where, where would you propose to someone inside of Walt Disney World? So it's got to be Disney World. Uh, it sounds like it. Yes." And so I don't know if necessarily Magic Kingdom, but for Disney World for sure. Well, it's a problem for me because I haven't been to Disney World in a hundred years, yeah. so I don't know. If it were Universal, I would say do it in the in in the fountains that we walk through that shoot up, <laughs> try to dodge. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's ever had, no on the city walk. Nobody's ever had a proposal like that. I guarantee you. That's true. Been blasted That's true. in the face while you're trying to yeah, <laughs> ring flying off, and mm-hmm. it's like oh no, um, man, I don't know. There's there's some good spots like um. I mean, the, the castle proposal is classic. Uh, one of my favorites is the ones where you see people like getting uh, getting the photo pass people to take their photo. Mm. And so it's like they're ta- like, they're, oh, they're taking a photo. And then like, you know, oh, hang on one second. I got to do something. And then like the photo pass person's like just clicking away, taking a lot of photos. as like they're proposing. That's a um, good way to get a, a cheap wedding photographer. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> yeah. Just have, just have a crash wedding in front of mm. a photo pass person. Um Man, there's there's some good spots out near Frontierland over by like the uh, the rivers of America that are pretty nice. Maybe on the boats, maybe like on the uh, you know on the Mark Twain um, or Colum- yeah. is it Columbia? I don't know. Yeah, they maybe out there. Um, I'm a, I'm a sucker for uh, for you know Tomorrowland, so maybe the People Mover. But pass holders, let us know in the comments or maybe jump over in Discord and ask over there. So, yeah. Uh, new School says, question, uh, Disney is adding a new classic land to the park. Annual pass hosts Jack and Jeff have been selected to pick three e-ticket opening day attractions and one show from Disney's now closed roster. What rides and show are you going to choose? Let's assume Great Movie Ride is already included in the return. So, Jeff, of all of the attractions you can think of that have closed at Disney, which ones and what show would you add? I'm going to gonna uh, let you answer that one. Man, I, I don't know if I can do three. I mean, um, I mean, Backlot Tour is always blast. I mean, I, I would say for a show, probably Lights, Motors, Action, which is the, the car stunt show. That one's a lot of fun. It's still going on over in Paris, but it's not in the States anymore. Um, that would be a lot of fun. I mean, technically, the, the Muppet Great Movie Ride never opened. But that would be cool to see. Um, oh, what what are some good closed down rides? I don't know. We'll have to, we'll come. Back. I'll, I'll I'll think of it as we're doing more stuff and see if I can come up with anything else. But that that may be a good one. You guys discuss in the comments over on Rooster Teeth and let us know because uh, I'm sure there's some great ones in there. I've never seen the original dumped before. The original Journey into Imagination with Dreamfinder. Obviously, Captain EO would be a good one. Oh, Captain EO, I remember that. Yeah. So, all right, well, okay, so this is, the point of, this is the point of the episode where I ask you a question, and you answer in the comments over on Rooster Teeth, and then I'll randomly pick someone to send an autographed park map from Jeff and I. And the question I asked during the Defunct Land interview was, what defunct attraction deserves its own documentary? Because, you know, he obviously, you know, they go over closed stuff. So we got some good ones here. AJ Caro Tenuto says uh not to pander jack but i honestly would love to see a documentary about the great movie ride the ride was always a big hit for my whole family even my grandmother because it was the only ride she would go on and i would love to learn more about the behind the scenes process that went into things like choosing what films would be featured on the ride how sets were built how the storylines for the tour guides were created and of course what secrets the ride held love the podcast guys keep up the great work yes i would love to see a great movie ride documentary that would be a lot of fun. That was that was the anchor of the park. That was the reason why Hollywood Studios came into existence was because of the great movie ride. So that'd be a pretty good one, I think. Uh, Professor Lava Hot says, would love an episode about river country. Having a park be closed and abandoned, which had been taken back over by nature, feels so strange for Disney. They always seem to keep things so pristine, so it seems like a stark contrast to their normal practices to have it kept standing for so long. Maybe since it was right by two resorts and pretty close to the Magic Kingdom, maybe it's the brain-eating amoeba. <laughs> so river country was the uh, it was a water park, actually, at, uh, at, at Mad- the Disney World Resort in Florida. Uh, it was pretty much, it was kind of like uh, uh, like Schlitterbahn here in Texas were sort okay. of carved out of the land. It wasn't really like, you know, not like Blizzard Beach where they really made a whole bunch of attractions. It was kind of like they just made something out of what they had. Yeah. And so it was a little bit more kind of classic, a little bit more, you know, sort of like what you'd see at a, 
like kind of a little bit more homey, I guess. Mm. And uh, and then they shut it down and they weren't sure if they're going to reopen it and just let it sit. And then nature reclaimed it. Um, since then, it has been completely leveled and they're building a resort hotel on top of it. But uh, yeah, for a long, a long, long time, it was just kind of sitting there, which is uh, kind of wild. So hmm. Ben B55 says, I would love to see a documentary about the backdraft experience at Universal Studios. That would be awesome. Did you ever did you do that attraction when you were out there? Because that was ne- probably never, around when you went. Never did the attraction. Also, never seen the movie Backdraft. Really? Yeah, I just missed oh. me when I was a kid. You go, yeah. we go. Oh, it's a, it's such a good. The the fun thing about the Backdraft attraction, it was a kind of a show where like it happened in front of you, kind of like the Twister attraction, which you never went on either. But it was like you were in a room and you were watching this kind of fire take over this room until like this whole room was engulfed. Um, it actually caught fire and 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 lost a lot of it early on. Like the actual building or not the building, but the show itself literally caught fire and they had to like clean it out, re- rework it. So what are the odds of that? I, I would so, say uh, probably pretty high. <laughs> JJ Jesse says, I'd love a deep dive on the history of parades at Disney. I know early on they had live ducks and dogs in parades. And I want to see you develop the idea of a street party parade like move it, shake it parades. Well, that'd, be, that'd be something. I, I wonder if there's enough people out there that would like to see us cover parades and more shows on annual pass. Let us know in the comments. That'd be a lot of fun. But uh, the winner I randomly picked from uh, from all of the answers is from Wes Anderson Lane, which is a great username. Yeah. Gotta be. So this person's clearly from the, the central Texas area. Gotta be Aquarina Springs in San Marcos, Texas. Once oh. the second most visited attraction in Texas besides the Alamo, a swimming pig, Ralph, mermaids, the Glurpo, the underwater smoking clown all viewed from its submarine theater the natural springs and edwards aquifer are still there and texas state has turned it back into wetlands but you can still tour it in glass bottom boats did you go to aquarina springs i've there, been Jeff? there many times jack yeah i've taken that I went there i've taken I that a tour a few times as well yeah as an adult i've been uh, oh, I've, I've been back so i think the last time i went was maybe like 2007 but yeah wow yeah we do a whole episode on ralph the swimming pig we could i, I want to <laughs> I wonder if he's still alive. Probably not. I One of them probably is. There, I think there were a few <laughs> Ralphs. Uh, that reminds me. I watched the do- you mentioning documentaries. Not to take us off subject, but I That's guess okay. to, to continue on subject because I'm talking about documentary. I watched a documentary about a theme park the other night. Really? What was that? I watched Class Action Park uh, oh, over on HBO. Okay. Have you seen that? Some- I have actually someone uh, that was a short film on the internet. It was like a 10 minute film. They, they blew it up into a full documentary. Um, yeah. It's a, it's a really, really interesting documentary. Kind Fascinating. Of, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and someone actually, there were a couple of people that mentioned class action park or uh, action park in New Jersey mm-hmm. uh, and, and the, in the, the defunct things here. And then, yeah, there's been a lot of content about that park and it's, it's very, very interesting. And actually I, I want to say um, the gentleman from uh, who directed that, uh, went on to uh, Kevin Perger's podcast on the Defunctland podcast and talked more about it. So, uh, or maybe maybe it was even theme park stuff. I, I've heard it recently though. Oh, so, really? Well, I'll, I'll see if I can find it and I'll, the I'll post cr- about it. So. Craziest thing about that to me is, uh, well, I mean, the whole story is insane, and yeah, uh, but and what a what a time capsule of uh, of how fun and unsafe our childhoods were, right? <laughs> <laughs> but the crazy thing to me is it it. I was actually I I lived in New Jersey the last uh-huh. year and a half. I was in the army, right? I lived in New Jersey the year that place closed, so it is really? feasible that I could have gone to Action Park and I didn't. And I'm oh, wow. so mad at myself for not being. I, it would have been at the tail end, like right before it shut down. But I could have physically been there, uh, and I'm annoyed that I that I I didn't. Oh, well, it's it's reopened a couple times, and I think now it's open again. And I want to say they like it they changed, changed the name. name. Yeah. Yeah. But I, th- I think it may have actually reopened again as Action Park. I think they they tried to use the name to get people to show up to it. But uh, yeah, well, that's that's wild. I didn't know that. But hey, congratulations to Wes Anderson Lane. Uh, I'll be reaching out to you. We'll, we'll drop you an email and uh, we'll, we'll get your information and send you an autograph map. So but that's going to do it today, Jeff, for this episode of Annual Pass. That was a lot of fun. I love these episodes talking yeah. to people who bring interesting perspectives to their love of theme parks. And uh, and uh, hopefully we can do more of this kind of stuff. Um, I know we have a couple of interviews lined up with uh, some people who are working. Uh, we, we had some really interesting interviews. Uh, one in particular that I'm excited for. Uh, we I met a gentleman. He, he messaged me through Discord who uh, he works as a, uh, a smell designer. And so he's sending oh. us some samples that we can like that, you know, like, like when the you're walking through smell. theme parks. Yeah. You, you, yeah, 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 yeah. 
And so he's sending us some samples. So we're going to get those in and we're going to have him on an episode to kind of talk about his experience. So that's going to be fun. That's in the future. But uh, we got a lot of fun stuff planned. Next week's episode is going to be a good one to uh, involving a purple dinosaur that a lot of people have been asking us to uh, talk about for a while. Or it's a purple dragon. A lot of people have been asking us to talk about. And also, uh, you know, there have been long lines for popcorn buckets. But we'll get into that next week. Don't worry. Uh, until then, Jeff, did you learn anything new this week? No. <laughs> no, I did. I learned all kinds of stuff. Don't awesome. make me don't make me go down the list. It'll take it will double the length of this podcast. All right. Absolutely. So thank you very much, everyone, for listening. You guys are the best. We love you. Take care of yourselves. Stay safe. And we'll see you next time. Bye.